Welcome to Voices for the New Age with your hosts, Juno Botan and Steve Sokolow. Each week, our show explores topics you've wanted to hear about with a focus on better health, wise leadership, and spiritual connections to help both your personal and professional life. Now, here is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Welcome to Voices for the New Age here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Juno Wotan, and with me here is my co-host, Steve Sokolow. Hi, Steve. Hi, Juno. Hi, Belinda. Hi, everyone. And our guest today is Belinda Farrell, energy healer and author of the book, Find Your Friggin' Joy. She'll be talking about the benefits of the ancient Hawaiian healing process, Huna. And the Huna techniques in her book can help you free yourself from unproductive emotional scripts and negative self-talk, and thereby step into the frequencies of your higher self. Connecting to these higher frequencies can bring you back into balance and fulfill your life purpose. It's an honor and a privilege to welcome you. And so, Belinda, uh, I'm very um, um, intrigued about the uh, title of your book. <laughs> How did you come up with Find Your Friggin' Joy, Discover Missing Links from Ancient Hawaiian Techniques to Clean the Plaque Off Your Goal and Reach Your Higher Self? That's a good question because I didn't think about it all myself. You know how things, little pearls, just kind of fall out of your mouth when you're least expecting it. And I had a, uh, one of my wonderful um, associate who was a Buddhist, and she just never really smiled a lot. She was always in a lot of suffering. And I was always trying to get her to kind of be a little bit more spontaneous. And we were watching this turtle suffering on the rocks. And it was just having the hardest time trying to get itself up. And she was just feeling so sorry for this turtle. But I knew that the waves were going to ride him and he was going to be fine. But I looked at her and then all of a sudden out of my mouth came, would you just find your friggin' joy? And she burst out laughing. I'd never heard her laugh before. And so I always remembered that every time I thought of Trisha, it was like, find your friggin' joy. And then I woke up one morning, I thought that's going to be the title of my book. I want to get people to not take themselves so seriously and to, you know, just laugh, find some joy. And so that's how it came about. And lighten up, right? Yeah, lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you had some very big challenging experiences that led to a breakdown in your health, but yes. ultimately led you on a healing journey of transformation. Can you share about that? Well, I had been studying um, hypnosis and I w went to Hawaii to take a master course in hypnosis. And we were introduced to the Huna, which is, again, the ancient Hawaiian healing secrets of the Hawaiians. And they came in to share this with us, and we started doing this Ho'oponopono process, which is to forgive yourself from the darkness of the past. And when I started to do that and bring up all these um, dark, I guess, subject matter, and I didn't know I even had them until I started doing this Ha breathing, which is deep breath through the nose to bring the breath all the way up to the top of the head where the higher self lives and then and then expelling it and I started doing this type of breathing and out came these 
well, scary things that I thought, where is this coming from? And it's coming from me. And I started to forgive myself or again, clean the plaque that these things brought up. And I just would say to myself, I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. And I would just keep saying that and it would just cleanse it away. And I started getting lighter. I mean, I had results. You know, when you get results from doing something, you want to keep doing it. So I started doing that again and again. And I went to the Hawaiians and I asked them if I could learn how to do the chants. And of course, they said no, because I was a Howley. But I said, I know that I'm supposed to be doing this, so I wouldn't go away until they taught me how to do the chants. And so that was about three years of studying the Huna. And it came in so handy when I collapsed with herniated discs, nerve damage. I was told I was never going to walk again unless I had surgery. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to do something myself because I can't go into Western medicine. I don't have any insurance. I had been dropped because I couldn't do my stunt driving anymore. Couldn't do the modeling because I couldn't stand. I couldn't walk, couldn't sit. All I could do was lay down and cry. And I just had been studying the Huna for three years there on the island. And I thought, okay, I have to see if this really works. So I started doing the breathing and bringing up all these ancient thought forms, this darkness that came. It was like in, I had to start embracing the dark side that I had never embraced before. You know, we don't like to think we have any darkness. We like to think that we're all light, but there is darkness in there. And if you don't embrace it, you, you can't put closure on it. And I put closure on it, and it was amazing because I healed within question I was in bed for about a month and I healed by doing that deep breathing and the um, forgiveness process the Ho'oponopono it took me about three three days and I got out of bed and I was completely healed my back was like nothing had happened it was a miracle and I thought if I can heal myself I can do anything that's what it made me feel like. This reminds me of uh, Carl Jung talks about the archetype of the shadow mm-hmm. and uh, embracing the shadow that each of us has and mm-hmm. integrating that uh, into us helps us to heal and become whole. Voila. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. But it wasn't just, I, I was... Um, I was a little fetus, the memory that came up, and it's in my book on page 109, I'll never forget it, where I saw this fetus being just tossed out into the universe like a piece of garbage. And I couldn't understand what was going on, but it was darting in and out of all these asteroids and comets. And it was a very scared little fetus, little baby. It didn't know what it was doing. It was just going about a million miles an hour. And then suddenly these hands, these beautiful hands, come down, reach reach down to the fetus and pull it up and put it safely into the hands of this divine being who is up above all the darkness. 
and I looked up at what I felt was safety. I don't know if I was in God's hands or whose hands I was in, but I felt safe. And I woke up in a pool of sweat. There was sweat all over the bed. I was like swimming in sweat. And the first thing I wanted to do was call my mother and talk to her about my birth. And she never wanted to talk about it, never. But finally, after doing so much of the cord cutting, the Ho'oponopono, she was willing to tell me what had happened. And she and my father, whom I had never met, had taken me to three abortion clinics to have me aborted. And so what was coming up was this fetus who was feeling not wanted and just being thrown away like a piece of garbage. And so I had always, um, in my life, was trying to earn people's love because I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to receive the love. But after that experience, I felt so loved by my spiritual, my spiritual partners that I was okay and I relaxed. And the healing just, just came so quickly and I started seeing myself climbing trees, and you have to have a good strong back to climb a tree. So that's what got sent up to my higher self. And then the higher self, once the darkness is gone, so that dark memory was healed, then the actual idea of a strong back to climb trees reached the higher self. And the higher self brought it down into my physical body so that I was completely healed. And you talked with your mother, and it, it, and I, and it probably yes. you got to see that it wasn't personal. She probably had some really uh, uh, considerations that she couldn't take care of you, probably, and it well, wasn't she was, about yeah. you. She was Is a that- young, young Catholic girl. I was her first sexual experience. She was thirty-three years old when this happened, and she fell in love with my father. I guess he was this charismatic Irishman, and he didn't really want to be saddled with a child, so they went about seeing how they could get rid of it. But I was determined. I'm <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so they kept, they, yeah, the doctors kept saying, no, you're too far along, we won't do it. And she, they went to three clinics. And uh, what exactly is HUNA? Well, again, it's secret. Huna means secret. And these were the ancient Hawaiian secrets. So when you clean yourself, when you cleanse yourself of the past or everything of your judgments and your interpretations of whatever you think you are or somebody else is or the situation is, if you cleanse yourself daily of that, then you're always in the present time, and that's where you want to be. You want to have energy so that you can create new things, new ideas in the present time that make for the future. And so Huna is about cleansing. It's it's totally about cleansing, to keep yourself clean and to practice the Ho'oponopono. You also take personal responsibility for everything that happens to you in your life. So it was something, my back, that was created by me. It was created by my thoughts saying that I'm not enough, 
that I have to um, depend on somebody else to support me, that I can't support myself. And so when that thought reaches your spine, your spine does exactly what it's told because it's a computer. It's listening to everything you say. So I had to change my thoughts and say, thank you for remembering to support me. Thank you for regenerating. Wow, what a concept. (laughs) Yeah, I found that to be true um, uh, in my own uh, work as a healer of people who have back problems. It's usually about feeling lack of support in some area. And by shifting that, they can heal. So yes, body, mind, and spirit are definitely interconnected. It's a full-time job to be conscious. <laughs> oh, what did I just say? Oh, I have to say something else. Oh, darn. Netty, netty. <laughs> you've also studied with Tony Robbins and have done many firewalks. Can yes. you tell me about that? Oh, Tony was my first big teacher. I got divorced at 40, and I was just trying to make up for lost time. I just. I wanted to do all the things that I used to be afraid of. And I thought, firewalking, what is, what is that? And so I, I went just out of curiosity. And it was really a metaphor for getting rid of your fears. Because he would have us write down all our fears and throw them into the fire before we did the walk. And when I did the walk successfully, I just felt empowered. And from my gut came this thought form that said, now what would you like to do that you've never done? And what came up was, I want to drive a race car. Duh. (laughs) 40 years old, why would I want to drive a race car? But Tony teaches you a mantra, and and it goes like this. If you can't, if you say you can't, you must. And if you must, then you will. So I said, I can't drive a race car. Oh, God, but I must. So I had to call Sears Point, which was out in Sonoma, and I signed up for the Grand Prix road racing course. I was scared to death. I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift. But I showed up. I told them I'm like a sponge, so you can just teach me everything. And I became pretty good. And at the end of the four-day Grand Prix road racing course, I got hired by Buick and Cadillac to drive in New York. And my stunt driving career began. Voila, all of a sudden... I came back and they created a stunt course for me and taught me spins and slides and terrorist driving. And I got a partner and we started going out onto jobs. And I did this for over eight years. Uh, what kind of jobs? <laughs> our commercials. Oh, commercials. Okay. Car commercials and film. I did one murder she wrote where I had to jump up in the air and the car went Kaboom. (laughs) I was fearless. In those days, I was just fearless. And how fast did you go? Well, however fast they require you would. It was more like precision. Precision. I was a precision stunt driver. And you went as fast as you could or as slow as you could, whatever the commercial asked for. Well, like how, how fast? What was the fastest that you've ever... Probably 150. Wow. Yep, because Sears Point is a road racing course. It's not an oval 
So oh, you have mm-hmm. to, you, you yeah. can only go so fast and you got to downshift. And I did a lot of um, driving Formula Fords, racing Formula Fords. It was exciting. It was just, you, you can't have any doubt in your mind or else you're dead. Yeah, talk about being in the moment, huh? It certainly was. Yeah, wow. And so uh, in your book, you say when your soul is unhappy, it will let you know. Uh, Can you talk about that? What are some of the signals? Well, you know when you get a red flag and you don't pay attention to it? Have you ever done that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's when you're going against what your soul wants you to do. The soul, the truth comes from your gut. It moves all the way up to your throat to be expressed by you. And then the mind comes in, the ego comes in and says, no, that won't work. And so you swallow it and push it down into your gut and it doesn't feel good. So that's when you know you're not on the right path. I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, you have the best job in the world if you're not happy. If you're not feeling fulfilled, your body will let you know. And hold that thought because we're going to take a short break. And our guest today is Belinda Farrell, energy healer and author of the book, Find Your Friggin' Joy. And we'll be talking about the benefits of the ancient Hawaiian healing process and more. We're going to take a short break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What if you could feel better about yourself? Is it time to change your life's direction? Juno Wotan offers in-person or remote astrology readings and karmic healing sessions, classes, and workshops. These are all designed to give you a better sense of well-being and fulfillment. You'll benefit from the support and guidance to relieve stress, get unstuck, gain confidence, and more. Reach out to Juna through her website at Juniverse.com or via email to Junawotan at me.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Dr. Stephen Sokolow is the director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. CFEL offers executive and leadership coaching, as well as leadership training and development. Visit CFEL.org to find out more. Dr. Sokolow is available for seminars, workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements. You can also visit the website to purchase top-selling books, join networking opportunities, and a lot more. Contact Dr. Stephen Sokolow at slsokolow at aol.com or through the Center for Empowered Leadership website at cfel.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
You are listening to Voices for the New Age. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to junowotan at me.com. Now, back to Voices for the New Age. Here again is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Welcome. You're listening to Voices for the New Age. I'm Juno Wotan, and my co-host is Dr. Steve Sokolow. And our guest today is Belinda Farrell, energy healer and author of the book, Find Your Friggin' Joy. And uh, before um, the break, we were talking about when you're unhappy, your soul lets you know. Um, and I want to just kind of talk more about that. So can you give us a, like a, a, an example about that? Well, I had a lawyer friend who was, you know, very excited because he was finally a lawyer and in the courts, but something was gnawing at him. And he didn't know, he, he loved um, fiddling around in gardens and dealing with herbs and finally, he quit, and he built himself an herb garden and went into business, and he was never happier. He just doesn't know how he had swerved into this other path of the law, but it just didn't bring him happiness. I mean, sometimes people go into things for the money, and it's, it's great. You need to pay your rent. You need to pay your mortgage. But if it doesn't bring you joy... Eventually, it starts eating at you if you can't, you know, survive yeah, at least halfway. Yeah, it seems that um, we're good at creating things, but there's also it's also important to know uh, when to let go. Yeah, I so never have done something just for the money. I've always kind of um, been a little bit on the edge. I worked at ABC in Hollywood for some time, and I was a news reporter there. And it was just because after I had gone on strike and they needed people, and I auditioned, and they gave me a camera man and a, and a crew, and we went out and got stories. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And, you know, just, just never know. You could say, no, I can't do that. But remember, you can't say can't. If you can't, you must. So spirit is, you know, usually plopping you down in front of a situation that you've never done before, and it just knows that you can do it. Act as if. That's what Tony used to say. I love your spirit of adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or stupidity. Isn't that what life is? It is to me. Life is an adventure, right? That's true. Uh, Steve, do you want to say anything? Um, I'm just in, enjoying your your stories and your mm-hmm. perspective. Um, I think of uh, courage as moving forward in the face of fear. That's and true. you are a very courageous person by the way you have lived your life and you are a role model for that as I listen to you. Well, when I went to Hawaii, it was really an act of faith because I hated water. I was so afraid of water, and I never even told Tony Robbins how afraid of water I was because I didn't want to seem, I mean, here I was doing stunt driving and doing all these brave things, but I wouldn't go into a swimming pool 
And so here I'm now in Hawaii, and I'm surrounded by this body of water. And when I started doing this higher self-breathing, the dolphins started coming in, dolphins and whales. They were never in my radar. But all of a sudden, all this dolphin energy and whale energy, I'm watching these mammals coming through. And it was just intriguing and scary at the same time. And that night, I started getting dreams of swimming with dolphins, and they were teaching me how to swim and dive. And so the next morning, I woke up, and I had this urgency. I said, I've got to be with these dolphins, but I have to get in the water. But I have to be with the dolphins, but I don't want to get in the water. It was just, you know, push-pull. And so I finally found a friend that would take me into the water. I held on so tightly that the poor guy, he has a scar on his arm where I <laughs> dug my nails. I was so scared because the waves were huge. But anyway, we went out and I heard the whales and a huge bottlenose dolphin came right in front of us. And it was uh, awe-inspiring. I just, I felt like he was downloading information to me from an ancient time, and I couldn't take my eyes off of him, and he stayed there just looking at us. And then after that, I went back into the water again, not even thinking that I used to be afraid of the ocean. Mm. The ocean then became like a nurturing body, like a bathtub, like mother going back into the womb. It was it was amazing. And then I started thinking I should take people to swim with these dolphins. And that's how that began, uh, 10 years of taking groups of people to swim with the wild spinner dolphins. And I'd have to call them in each time with the chance or because they're wild. They have their own agenda. But we always had dolphins. We always did. And I did 10 years after that of just private clients. And it was amazing. It was just amazing how I had to conquer my fear of the water. Your emotions are in water, so I think that was one of the reasons I didn't want to go there. Didn't want to go into those emotions, those tricky emotions. But that's where the magic occurs when you give permission to the unconscious mind to bring up these old thought forms that you've been buried for who knows how long you give permission for yourself to put closure to these thought forms and then divinity comes in and fills it with new just the void the akashic creation begins when you have a new perspective, it's it's amazing. It sounds like the dolphin gave you a healing. Oh, <laughs> over and over and over again. Can you share uh, like one of your most amazing experiences of taking people uh, to swim with dolphins? Well, there was one time when there was a shark. <laughs> Nobody likes to hear the shark story. But we were in the bay and we were playing the leaf game, which is you take a bunch of leaves and you throw them down and you see who's going to catch it first, the dolphin or you? Well, the dolphin always wins. He's faster. <laughs> anyway, I had thrown the leaf down and I went down to get it and a dolphin came behind me and just banged me right on the shoulder. And I looked up 
and straight ahead there was a shark coming right at me. And just an instant, the whole pod just went into a circle around me. And the, do- the shark couldn't get in. I mean, it happened in just a nanosecond. I could see the shark going all the way down to the bottom. And part of me was saying, you know, poor shark. He doesn't have anybody to play with. We have all these friends here, this huge big pod, and he has nobody to play with. I was scared to death. But, but it was, I was safe because he warned me and then they protected me. Oh, it sounds like an initiation. That's the only shark I have ever seen in all the 25 years that I've been swimming there. That was my only shark experience. Wow, what an experience about how you it was were a good protected. One. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so uh, let's get back to um, Ho'oponopono. Uh, I was first introduced to that. Back in the early 80s, we had, uh, when I was producing a radio show back then, uh, someone from Hawaii came through and we did a show on that. Uh, but would you like to tell us about that? Because it's an amazing healing process. Well, the Hawaiians believe that everything is connected by strings or strands or cords. And they call these cords aka, just like aka. And if you don't have any emotional connection, the aka dissipates. It just doesn't become stronger. But let's say, you know, you want to buy a car and you just don't have the money. And every day you think about that car, you're creating these cords that connect you to that car until it just overwhelms you, it overpowers you. So you want to cut those cords daily so that you have a fresh start so that you have a fresh interpretation, a fresh judgment. And that's what you do with Ho'oponopono. You're making right, right. And by saying, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you, you're healing yourself of self-forgiveness. And you can take a cutting instrument after you do that and spin it around you and watch that thought form or that person float away, and you just start again. It's a fresh, fresh slate. I do it every day, every day, just a matter of seconds. But it's like brushing your teeth. I mean, do you brush your teeth every day? You make sure your hair looks good, your face looks good, everything on the outside, but nobody says, go on on the inside and clean that mess up. <laughs> And so would you recommend that when you're, if you're ending, say, a uh, intense relationship or? Oh, my gosh, anything. I mean, I cut cords from my own thought process every day. I put myself down on the stage and I have a CD or an MP3 called Chant and Forgiveness. And it takes you through that cord cutting process. It's very powerful until you learn how to do it for yourself. Is that on your CD? It's called Chant and Forgiveness. That's a separate CD. There's oh. enchantment, there's Chant and Forgiveness, and then there's Sleepy Time. Oh, and where can people uh, uh, get your CDs? They can get the CDs from Amazon or from my own website. But if they want the MP3s, they can only get it on my website, Huna Healing, or on TuneCore, which is like iTunes. It's permanently in their um, 
library, the chant and forgiveness. Beautiful. But it's, it's very powerful because it has the chants in there and it also has um, um, symbols. So you'll hear symbols that are very powerful in eradicating the darkness that connected you to the person that you're cutting the cord from. Again, that's uh, Huna Healing, and Huna is H-U-A-N, Healing. H-H-U-N-A. H, I'm sorry, H-U-N-A, Healing.com. That's right. And Steve, do you want to say anything? I was thinking about uh, one of the things you said, and the line from the musical Into the Woods came into my mind, (laughs) Uh, you know, a little bit scary, but a little bit nice you know, by, by Sondheim. And that's oh. that point that you were describing where we have a little bit of trepidation, but also the possibility of adventure if we face our fears. Isn't that true? Oh, Stephen Sondheim was such a genius, such a genius. And I remember the first time I went into the water by myself and swam out and I was just so nervous because I couldn't see. It was one of those days where you couldn't see in the water. And usually you can see everything in Hawaii, but it was just very um, murky. So you wouldn't know if some danger was going to pop in at any time. You just wouldn't know. And so I had to have a lot of faith that I was okay. And I had somebody spot me, and I went out about a half a mile. I said, is this long enough? Have I proven to myself that I can do this? And I got the okay from the angels or the guides or whatever. You, you can turn around and go back now. Thank you. <laughs> and, 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 oh, sorry. No, let's go ahead. I was wondering if you could chant a Hawaiian prayer for us. Oh, I don't know if my voice is up to it, but... <clears throat> Hai nohoana ke akuya kanai hele hele iale ia ia hete tiohuohue tau koko ehe na kino malui kalani malue ho Heo holu mahi ana ho kanei kona kahu oa oa noa ua ike ua ike. Oh, I got chills on that one. That uh, can you can you uh, translate that for us? Well, that means that the higher self, you're asking for the breath to bring down the higher self and for the higher self to move any darkness that has possessed you, to take the darkness away and to bring you in a state of protection and light. That is one of the most powerful chants you can take with you. It, it can change people who are doing bad things. It can just rewrite the, um, 
the script and have them turn away and put their guns down and walk into the hands of the law. And I have talked about that in my book, too. That chant is written out in that book. But it is a prayer to the higher self, and it is powerful. It's like carrying ammunition with you. Because it changes the way people think and what they do and what they act. I apologize, my voice is a little crackly no, today. Beautiful. Oh, no, it's wonderful. <laughs> so oh. many traditions have chants, and essentially you are uh, using frequencies yes. uh, of sound to connect to higher powers that then connect to you. It's beautiful. Well, there's one one particular sound, the EO sound, that will help people get rid of their PTSD. Hmm. And when you take a deep breath, all the way back, and then as you exhale, when you come in, you chant, EO. It's the EO chant. And you do that about 12 times, and it erases that which has made you scared in the past. It really, really, really helps to eliminate all that darkness. When you think about it, Old MacDonald had a farm. What did he say? E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> he copied that chant. He copied that chant. Wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Belinda. Our guest today has been Belinda Farrell, energy healer and author of the book, Find Your Friggin' Joy. And she has uh, CDs out. One is called Chant and Forgiveness, a Huna Odyssey. And you can contact her through her website at hunahealing.com, H-U-N-A healing.com. And we're going to take a short break. And when we return, Dr. Steve Sokolow will interview me about my uh, upcoming Reiki classes. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What if you could feel better about yourself? Is it time to change your life's direction? Juno Wotan offers in-person or remote astrology readings and karmic healing sessions, classes, and workshops. These are all designed to give you a better sense of well-being and fulfillment. You'll benefit from the support and guidance to relieve stress, get unstuck, gain confidence, and more. Reach out to Juna through her website at juniverse.com or via email to junawotan at me.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Dr. Stephen Sokolow is the director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. CFEL offers executive and leadership coaching, as well as leadership training and development. Visit CFEL.org to find out more. Dr. Sokolow is available for seminars, workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements. You can also visit the website to purchase top-selling books, join networking opportunities, and a lot more. Contact Dr. Stephen Sokolow at slsokolow at aol.com or through the Center for Empowered Leadership website at cfel.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Voices for the New Age. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to junowotan at me.com. Now, back to Voices for the New Age. Here again is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Hi, we're back. Uh, Juna, do you have some upcoming Reiki classes? Uh, yes. And so uh, I've been teaching Reiki since 1992, and it's uh, evolved uh, during all those years. And uh, sometimes they've just been weekend classes, then it uh, morphed into a year-long class, and then uh, and then Zoom, Zoom classes. And now in um, 2022, it'll be a combina- combination of in-person and um, and, um, and Zoom. So uh, if you'd like to be on my mailing list for information on that, please contact me at junawotan at me.com, and that's D-J-U-N-A-W-O-J-T-O-N at me.com. And you can get uh, information. Uh, I have some other exciting Zoom events coming up uh, a, cele- a winter solstice celebration coming up, and that'll be all on Zoom, past life workshops, uh, healing with the elements, and a lot more. Again, please contact me at junawotan uh, at me.com, and you can be on my uh, weekly mailing list and get a free astrological forecast as well as events coming up. Uh, and so, uh, Steve, I know that you want to share a little bit about your leadership um, tips. And so why is it important for leaders to walk their talk? Well, wise leaders have integrity and authenticity. They say what they mean and they mean what they say. Their deeds match their words. Their walk is aligned with their talk. That's why people trust them and respond to their leadership. They know their actions speak louder than their words. What you do sends a more powerful message than what you say. Emerson said it best, what you are stands over you the while and thunders so that I cannot hear what you say to the contrary. And and why should leaders be aware that everyone's watching them? Well, because they are. (laughs) Everything you do and say, every behavior, 
Every word is magnified far beyond what you think. You are the bug under the microscope. Small actions are going to have big consequences because whatever you do is perceived to be bigger than it is. This is true for your affect as well as your actions. Watchers frequently draw faulty infer inferences based upon their perceptions and internal assumptions. So we need to narrate and explain what we are doing and why. Uh, but why is it valuable to know that we're each other's role models? We're engaged in a continual process of teaching others by our example and learning from the example of others with or without conscious intent. There's a perception that leaders only lead if they have a group of followers, but sometimes leaders lead one at a time. The opportunity is always available regardless of your role because you always, always are around people and like it or not, you have an impact on them. And what happens when we walk our talk? Short answer, people listen. The continuum of walking our talk ranges from people who hardly ever walk their talk to people who walk their talk sometimes to people who walk their talk most of the time. On that continuum, the higher the degree of free of congruence between your walking and your talking, the more powerful you will be in terms of the way people listen to you. And why is your word important? Your word is the rock on which you stand. Your word is your bond. But it is often helpful to put your words in writing because memories often differ as to what the spoken words actually were. And because sometimes people hear what they want to hear, which may differ from what you intended. Sometimes we think we are being true to our word, but perhaps we don't recall what we actually said. When that happens, it becomes a time to make things right, or at least explain why you didn't do what you said you were going to do. But what about all those people who don't uh, follow these tips? What would you have to say? Well, or they're going to have more difficulty as leaders because people are not going to be responsive to their leadership. I mean, if you want people to be responsive to your leadership, you must embody the things that you talk about. And embodiment is another way of saying, walk your talk. That's beautiful. And thank you. That was Dr. Steve Sokolow, author and the executive director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. He's available for lectures, media appearances, workshops, and private co coaching sessions. And you can contact him at his website, cfel.org. And um, this is the last uh, show of our pilot series. I want to thank everybody for being with us on this journey. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. And so please drop me a note if you, because Stu, Steve and I would love to hear your feedback about the shows. Uh, you can contact me at junawotan at me.com or steve at cfel.org. And Steve, do you want to say anything? I just want to thank our listeners for tuning in and encourage them to stay in touch with us and my appreciation to Voice America and to Juna for creating this opportunity. 
Yes, and I'd also like to thank everyone at Voice America, our engineers, uh, the whole staff is just uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, people to work with and that show great leadership. Thank you so much. And uh, so um, again, thank you. And, um, and you can listen on demand here on voiceamerica.com anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week to Voices for the New Age. Please join your hosts, Juno Botan and Steve Sokolow, next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can't wait to share more about your better self next week. <music>